0: for the room to get hot. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me. I'm about to do a music Q&A with my mentor, David Anthony. As soon as he jumps on the call, he's going to be live with us. Make sure you have questions. Don't be shy. Let us know what's on your mind. Who's this? Hold on. hey natasha what's up tmc f band and my favorite person mama pplc what's up (laughs) we're just waiting for david to get in the room make sure you have your questions prepared for him he specializes in music marketing but he's also a producer And his main genre that he loves is house music. This song that's playing in the background is a song that we did together called Let Go and it's the Funk House remix produced and mixed by him. Get your questions ready. I want to repeat this because I feel like people don't know that there's a question bubble at the bottom of the live. And it's easier for us to backtrack your questions using that bubble. If you leave your questions in the comment feed, it'll get lost within whatever everyone else is saying and we won't see it. I'm about to text him and see where he's at. here waiting for my mentor to hop in the room i just text him five minutes ago he said he was ready maybe he got a little cold feet what's going on david where you at somebody go hit up david anthony mix and tell him yo what's good where you at jump on this live what's up butter 161 there you go david come on man come in the room we waiting we're waiting for you you sideways. Yeah, hold on. I'm playing That's our jam. Cool.
1: I see. Y'all,
0: this is my mentor, David Anthony. Say hello.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome am in the
0: room.
1: It's good to be here.
0: So how was your day today? What's going on? I haven't seen you in forever.
1: Uh, my day was pretty cool. I was working, um, talking to a bunch of new artists, um, helping them put together their marketing and promotional plans. So it's, it was pretty pretty normal, but pretty cool day.
0: That's a normal day for you?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to wake up and see how I can make everyone's lives better by promoting their music. Yeah of
1: course yeah. that's it
0: <laughs> so tell everybody a little bit about yourself because i i've known you for a very long time but there are people in the room that don't know who you are so tell us your name where you are from and
1: a fun fact all that good stuff um well yeah of course i'm david anthony um i'm a music producer. Uh, but I'm also a marketing and uh, promotional uh, professional. I basically, I do uh, artist services for a company, a website called All Music Promo. And uh, basically what I'm doing there is I'm just helping uh, artists put together their uh, marketing and promotional plans, uh, doing playlisting support, uh, ad campaigns, video promotions, uh, anything and everything that has to do with um, promoting the music. That's what we're doing at All Music Promo. Dope. And um, prior to doing that, what got me what got me to do that was that all the time while I was producing artists back in the day, I wind up Um, managing the project, not just producing the music, but like a lot of the artists didn't have distribution, didn't have a team. And so I started helping really A&Ring the project from the very beginning to the very end, from making the music, bringing in producers or producing it myself, and then bringing in marketing teams, promotional teams, PR. Um, And in the process of doing that, um, I realized a very interesting thing, which was, the for me, marketing and promoting was a creative process, um, almost like making music, uh, not the same, but it had a creative process to it, which I really enjoyed. So then I started focusing in more on that aspect of the music business, and I found that I had a pretty cool, kind of uh, way of doing it, and um, and and I had some successful projects. So, um, here we are.
0: <laughs> and how how did you get your start? Like before all music promo, what what were your first steps along your path as a professional in the music industry?
1: Well, I started as an engineer assistant at New York Studios. My first uh, studio was Power Play Studio in Queens, which is no longer with us. But it was a great studio in Queens, a lot of people worked out of there. Um, and then I worked at a bunch of other studios, uh, as an engineer assistant to the, when I became a full time uh, mix engineer. And then I started producing after that, and I produced records for uh, remixes for Janet Jackson, Buster Rhymes, Babyface. Um, I also worked on a bunch of uh soundtracks for Tyler Perry. So Daddy's Little Girl, Meet the Browns, Why Did wow. I Get Married, One and Two. Um, and uh Yeah, like I've been I've been doing it for a while now, so uh, and um oh I moved to to Europe. I'm in Sweden right now. It's like one o'clock in the morning for me in Sweden.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you for staying up late and hanging with us. I know you're like on the other side of the planet right now. We did have, we have our first question that came in. Um, It says, should, should you post songs on your social media that you want to sell? And what's the best way to get on as a songwriter? Um, I can take that one because it's geared towards songwriting, and then you can chime in if you want to add on to sure, that. sure sure, sure. but I think it's really important to to network with different producers, different songwriters, and artists as well and um, you know for me, I started in a in a chorus group when I was younger, and that's pretty much where I got my foundation started as a writer um, and i met I made so many good friendships out of that that situation, and most of the people in the choir are actually. Billboard selling songwriters and singers um so you know just networking making sure that you put yourself in situations where you get to exercise that muscle um if you don't have access to any producers yet and you want to start songwriting what i used to do was i would find instrumentals on youtube and then i would just like come up with my own melodies and lyrics and i started practicing that way too so um and then as far as posting your songs on social media you want to sell i think absolutely but it's important to be strategic about how you're posting them um the reason why i think you should post them is because you know it's like advertising for yourself so but just make sure that you're intentional about how you go about promoting your songs on social media i don't know if that makes sense
1: makes a lot of sense and um, oh wait we
0: got brenda k-star in the room brenda
1: Hey, Brenda.
0: (laughs) I haven't seen her in over a year. Thank you for joining us. But go ahead. I'm sorry, David. I just had to shout her out So,
1: funny story. So, I, I grew up on 87th Street in Amsterdam, New York City. I grew up on 87th Street, and Brenda was literally on 99th Street, I believe. And uh, she doesn't remember me, but I was one of those kids on the block. <laughs> 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 but I wanted to say something about uh, you know, promoting unreleased music on social media. I think it's cool. But I also want to say that um, it's also cool to make sure that you've registered your songs as a copyright and that you've registered the songs with uh, ASCAP or BMI or CSAC, and then you can go ahead and, and promote them online. It's, it's always good to protect yourself, to protect your, your material. Um, one cool thing that I do with the copyright is that when you send in a copyright, it's normally $30. I think Natalie, yeah. I may have told you this, so it's normally $30. So what happens is you can load up to up to 50 megabytes of a particular song. So another way of doing it is to actually take a bunch of your songs and convert it into a compilation, call it uh, your artist's name, volume one, make that a compilation. And then as an MP3, you know, MP3 is only like three megabytes. So if you take Uh, 10 MP3s, that's 30 megabytes. And that you have 10 songs now now that you've registered as a copyright. You could take that same copyright number and add it to your ASCAP registration or BMI registration. And so now your song is is copywritten and it's registered. And so now you can put it on SoundCloud. You can then from SoundCloud, share it to your social channels and promote it, even do ads right off of uh, Instagram. To get more people, you know, uh, to view it.
0: I have two clarifying questions about that. When you when you bulk copyright, you have to make sure that each creator on each song is the same. Is yes, that true or false? Okay, and then the yes. second question I have is. When you copyright through the U.S. government, does that copyright does that copyright cover all territories, or does it just cover the U.S.? It and covers- I asked that because recently mm-hmm. somebody hit me up through my website, and they said, um, "I wanna, I wanna launch your music in Japan. I, I love your sound, and it's not available in my country." That so was like, well, it should be because we use Symphonic Distribution, and they're pretty worldwide. Um, And so we talked for a little bit back and forth. And then a week later, he says to me, I bought your copyright and I launched your song on this app. He told me the name of the app (laughs) and 163 other apps. And I'm like, whoa, 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 you can't do that. Like I'm under contract with a label and I'm also already distributing with another company. So you can't go about it that way. So that had me thinking like, is my copyright covered in China and in Japan as well or what?
1: It's it technically is supposed to be, but there are um, c- certain uh, rules that um, some certain laws that apply to those countries that are different. So I'll give you an example. If someone infr- infringes on your rights uh, with a particular you know, song or it could be anything, um, merchandise, um, then you have to take them to court in that particular country and follow those laws, uh, but showing your U.S. copyright or your U.S. Uh, registration of the song so that they know that it's, it is covered. Um, but that's the thing. You wouldn't be able to, to uh, take them to court in the U.S. if they're in another country. You would have to take them to court in their country uh, using your U.S. copyright as uh, the claim of a infringement.
0: Yeah, so my company is still looking into that. Um, I don't this literally just happened like four days ago. So they haven't gotten back to me yet. But we'll see what shall be the next steps. Yeah, but that was very interesting to me. I was like, how do you just take someone's song and distribute it on their behalf without their permission?
1: It doesn't sound like the whoever the person is, they, they're, they're, they're operating. They're not business
0: savvy. He already right. told they're me. Not ob- I'm not a businessman. Yeah. I'm just a fan. And I, and I want to make you famous. I want everybody to know who you are. And I'm like, that's nice.
1: Well, thank you. <laughs> but Let's there's do a it process. the proper way. All right. <laughs> Let's do it the proper way. And then we could do that. Let's keep yeah. that going. Yeah. All right. Were there so any we other questions question. here?
0: Yeah. I'm going to read it off. Um, this one's from Devo. He says, it can be challenging to figure out the exact genre for tracks. What's a good process to make sure we get it right? I'm not sure I understand that question.
1: Yeah, repeat that question.
0: It says, it can be challenging to figure out the exact genre for tracks. What's a good process to make sure we get it right?
1: Okay, Uh, that's a good question. Um, What I normally... uh, do is and tell artists, look for other artists that have the same style or a close, you know, similar style. Um, and look for at least three other artists. And they don't have to be like super big. They just have to be artists that are similar in style and vibe. And then look at how their songs are being what playlists are picking up their songs and what genres are being uh, linked to them. And based off of that, you could get closer to an idea of where you should be.
0: I'm glad you took that one, because I was like, huh? Do you want to ask me something? I feel like you've been in the hot seat.
1: Oh, all good. Um, Yeah, sure. I wanted to ask you one um what have you been working on most recently I saw a song that you put out um and my wife has just been raving about it and uh, so that's tell me a little bit more about that song and then tell me what else you got going on
0: yeah So the song that your wife loves because she hit me up too and she was like, "Oh my God!" I usually don't say this, but that song is crazy. It's called "From Your Lips to God's Ears" and it's off my latest release, which is called "Good Fridays." And for me, that was like my dedication to God. I feel like I've been doing music for some time and I never did something in dedication to God. Um, So "Good Fridays" is out on all platforms and. For me, I wanted to try to create an avenue where the youth can connect with God through music. I feel often for me in church, that was always a barrier. I felt like I could never connect to the worship music from my church. (laughs) I'm not naming my church. Um, And then, you know, when you listen to the radio and the songs are, are good, I always ask myself, why can't we make Christian music sound like top 40? that would be so fun. And what an interesting way to, like, draw a younger crowd. And um, so, yeah, that was kind of the direction and focus. But next up, I'm working on a reggaeton album. And I'm also doing a Latin gospel album that's coming out next year. So that's all in the works right now.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And um, there is one other project that you're working on.
0: I didn't know <laughs> if you wanted me to talk about it. <laughs> um, me and David have a song coming out together, y'all, but he, I'll let him share the Another, another, you, another he's, song, yeah. He's the, he's the one spearheading the marketing and everything for
1: it. Yeah, so we have this really cool record that we did, I think, I mean, two years ago? Like yeah. Some time ago, but, it was before the um,
0: pandemic. So yeah, about two years.
1: And essentially, I absolutely love the record. I think it's just a smash. And so we're we're trying to, uh with between our busy schedules, plan and really give it uh, a nice uh, rollout um, before the end of the year. Um, I'm hoping sooner than later, but um, no. Release date yet, but it's a great record, and I think um, I think everyone's going to love it i, I absolutely I, I listen to it actually um, on my phone when i 'm out. I listen to it all the time, and i'm like i can't find anything that I want to change or fix about it, which is a good sign that's good. Um, but I won't even drop a title. I'm just gonna say we have a record. And it's I was gonna out say I,
0: <laughs> I was gonna ask if we can have a preview, but then I had a flashback to when I was—I think I was 19 years old—and I made my yeah. first demo with you.
1: Mm. And you
0: wouldn't even let me have a copy of the demo. You were like, "Nope, nobody's hearing it."
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, think I had that's to a, wait
0: until much later to get a copy. So David is is very private. He doesn't leak music ahead of time. Old
1: school, old school. Yeah. When it's ready to drop, that's when it's going to drop.
0: Yeah. that's too funny. I was thinking about that, like, yeah, no, he's not going to give them a preview.
1: (laughs) No, no preview. Just just a mention that is coming, but that's it. I'm not even going to hum the melody. That's how bad I am.
0: (laughs) So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about promo because I feel like that's been a hot topic for a lot of independent musicians where they feel like, you know, I have this content and I have a following, but what is the best way to get this piece of art more exposure and to connect with a wider audience? So if you can expand more on that and kind of give us some insights or some tips and tricks that could be helpful.
1: I I can. I want to talk a little bit about one of the most, like I think, ignored things that I've noticed with a lot of artists is that um, when you have a song, you've been in the studio, you cut your song, you're, and then you're ready to put it out, people just put it out. They just pick a day um, and they put it out. There's no pre-promotion, no release promotion. And so my advice to people is to, is to say that, hey, before you put it out, put a plan together. It doesn't have to be elaborate and it doesn't have to be like you're spending thousands of dollars to to roll it out and in terms of promoting it, but you do have to have a plan, you should have a plan. And that plan should include some type of graphic image or images, some some short videos, 30-second, 15-second videos that you can post with the song before the release, preferably at least two weeks before the release. Start some type of pre-release campaign, do a pre-save, get a a link from your distributor um, before the release so that people can actually save it. uh, Because that hits the algorithms for the DSPs, for Apple, for Spotify, If if they see that people Uh, 50, 100, 200 people have saved the song before the release. That lets them know that there's interest in it. And so the algorithms kind of pick that up as well. Um, So I always start by simply having some type of plan that you can follow uh, to support your record when you put it out. Don't just drop it because there's about, I don't know, 40,000 records released every single day. And so your record is just not gonna get noticed um, by enough people. So that would be my number one. Have a plan, something uh, before the release. I know
0: specifically for, for Spotify, if you're trying to get on a Spotify playlist, their requirements is for you to have it uploaded to your distributor at least 30 days before the release date to even be considered for one of those playlists. So that's something that people don't keep in mind as well.
1: Yeah, it's the process can be and is really about setting up a um, four weeks before you release promotion campaign and then four to six weeks promotion after the release is the basic that you can do. Um, they've, they've, I've seen people that have had a record and the record has been out for, um, a year or two years and it, it, you know, and it kicks off. Um, so you put out a record today and you promote it for 30 days. It doesn't mean that it's going to be, it's going to shoot off to the sun. It, but if you at least do that and you build momentum for every release by doing something like this, a 30 day or 60 day campaign around your release. What you're actually doing is that you're building your fan base because people are gonna notice that you're consistently putting out music. They're gonna notice that it's being promoted, that you have uh, visuals, that you have uh, images, that you have this constant push. And so they're gonna engage a little bit more Um, but if it's, if it's just put out and there's no real promotion and, and you drop one record today and then another six months, you drop another record, it's, it's hard to build momentum. Mm -hmm. It's really, especially if you're, if you're a new artist, I mean, if you have a fan base, you know, a fan base will follow you wherever you are. You drop a record today you wait six months and they'll wait for you for six months. But if you don't have a fan base, you have to build, build it by every single release that you put out.
0: Mm-hmm. So what do you recommend when you're releasing that you should focus on promotion-wise? Because there is so many different avenues that you can take, but what do you think is, like, the best route to promote your your record first beyond the marketing plan? Like, let's get specific with Spotify or Instagram ads versus Facebook ads and things like that.
1: Sure. So um, essentially, you know, People can say, oh, I want to be hot on all of the DSPs. I want to be hot on all of them. I want to promote on all of them. And that's great. If you have the budget to do that, that's great. But sometimes it's good to just get hot on SoundCloud. Like, build your fan base somewhere. You, there's there's uh, AudioMac. There's SoundCloud. Spotify is not the only place. Uh, YouTube is great. A lot of people listen to music on YouTube. Um, you know, they don't just watch videos. They actually listen to music on YouTube. And they have playlists, their own personal playlist of songs that they listen to on YouTube. Um, so I would suggest, um, depending on your budget, depending on where you're at, you can, you can put your money on a specific DSP. This is my personal opinion, versus trying to get you know, on all of them and stream on all of them, because at that rate, you're going to be spending quite a bit of money to be able to do that effectively. Um, So um, what tools you can use? Well, there's a lot. I mean, essentially, if you're going to, let's say, promote on SoundCloud, you can run ads on Instagram, Facebook, Google, um, to direct people to check out your music on SoundCloud. And you can even uh, target SoundCloud users within those ad campaigns so that the people that are actually checking out your music already have accounts on SoundCloud or AudioMac. On on AMP, allmusicpromo.com, we have different um, products that deal and tools that deal with that specific thing. So if you want to promote on, let's say, AudioMac, we have, ad campaigns that we do for that, starting around $250. Um, and then when you have for SoundCloud, we have for Spotify, for Apple, and we do targeted um, ads to those platforms, to the users of those platforms for your music. Uh, but there, there are many ways to approach that. Like I said before, the best way I like to do it is to have a pre-release campaign to to boost the process before the release. And then by the release, we do more ads. And then we really start seeing some momentum from that point. OK. Cool.
0: Well, there's one more question for you. And I think we have time for one more. Uh, what is your thought process behind when you drop music? Uh, you definitely have a feel for that, for your collaboration that you talked about.
1: Um, so. When I, drop, when I put out my records, I have uh, a couple of things that I try to do. Um, I have a very large DJ mailing list. Um, people that, DJs that I know and DJs that I know of. Um, and so I, I first go after the DJs um, and try to get their support. And I usually give them the record before the release. Um, I also have, uh, other ways to promote to DJs. I usually spend the first, uh, uh, you know, like a month and a half before the release on DJs. And then after that, I start uh, promoting to the DSPs. Um, but I usually give the DJs the release before it comes out. So that's my, that's my, uh, that's my first thing that I do.
0: Yeah. I think you're, I don't know if he's still in the room, but Rich Nice joined us.
1: Rich Nice.
0: Yeah. What's up, Rich?
1: Nice one.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, David. Our time I is up. got to hit up, Rich. You're I got hit Rich to hit up, Rich. Everything you them. shared has been very helpful. I hope you guys were able to take at least one gem from this conversation and apply it to your careers. Because David, he knows what he's talking about. He's very smart, and he's had a lot of success at what he does. Well,
1: thank you. Yeah. You're sparkling over there. Like, you got all the sparkle. You look amazing.
0: <laughs> thank you. It's a little lip gloss, you know, and some some eyeliner with a filter. I got a filter nice. helping me out. <laughs>
1: nice nice (laughs) good
0: all right so we'll speak offline i love you thank you for joining me today
1: love you too sweetie all
0: right
1: Bye -bye. bye bye